I'm very happy today because I am actually looking at the shipping confirmation for my Pico 4 VR. Let's start the day. This is Hometown Daily News show for November 17th, 2022. Oh, you know what? I didn't do the day, the title for the episode. That's okay. We'll do it live. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News show. I am Marwat. Should I become a VTuber? That way you don't see this. <laughs> it's just some dude. But a, a neat VTuber. I could be mayor with a bowler or a top hat. It's what I actually intended to do. But uh stopped short. And then just hung on to it. Anyway, so what's going on with uh, Ticketmaster and uh, something like uh, price surging to $32,000 for a ticket or something like that? (laughs) Oh, man. You know, I've had people back in the day, yo, when I was in the startup community, um, People were all about, you're leaving money on the table. You're leaving money on the table. But man, this is so predatory. Scalping and people with money, basically taking it from people that don't have the ability to afford it. But it's so predatory. Yet we tolerate it as a society. Oh, well. You know what you should do, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's right. We should just all be like animals, you know. I'm not going to wear a mask. If I cough on you and you die, you must be weak. (laughs) Oh, it took me a week later to die? Well, that's just the way it is, I guess. No offense to anybody that might have an accent close to that. I'm just saying it's a different accent than me because I would never in a million years authentically say any of these things. Let's get into today's news. Squatters who took over a sanctioned Russian oligarch's mansion are told by a judge, hey, you can stay. And here's a beer. He didn't say the last part or the whatever the judge is. I don't know what the gender of the judge is. I guess they identify as a judge. Anyway, a house in Amsterdam owned by a sanctioned Russian oligarch, Arkady Volich was occupied by activists, and despite the Yandex billionaire's best efforts, a judge ruled that the squatters can say they can stay. Volaj is not the first sanctioned oligarch to have his European property overtaken. There again, did you just assume their gender? A court has ruled that a group of squatters who overtook the Dutch home of sanctioned Russian oligarch do not have to be evicted. Yes, the Russian oligarch must come and shoo them away directly. Well, that always works out. Well, maybe there's no castle doctrine. Well, 
they're not there. So I guess there is no castle doctrine. Anyway, uh, this was in the Hatch Ideas channel because it is sourced from Business Insider and Mia Jankowitz, uh, or Jankowicz. I'm not sure how they pronounce their last name. Um, and this here is, it's a picture on businessinsider.com site um, with uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin on the right uh, and the uh, with then Yandex's uh, CEO Arkady Volich on uh, September 21st, 2017 in Moscow, Russia, pointing over to Amsterdam saying, hey, those people over there just took my house. And Putin says, <laughs> yep, loser. Anyway, I know I'm just jealous because I don't have an Amsterdam mansion for people to squat. That's okay. Anyway, let's see if there's anything else interesting in this article. Volich was sanctioned by the EU in March for providing financial assistance to the Russian government, as well as facilitating state media narratives through the search engine. He co-founded Yandex. Volich stepped down as Yandex CEO in June. Maybe even saying, Screw you, got mine. Thanks for making me a billionaire. I'm outie. They probably did not say that, but anyway, his home in Amsterdam was frozen as part of the measures. Situated in an upscale neighborhood, the house is one of the most expensive in the city, overlooking the picturesque Vondel Park. I assume that's how you pronounce it, but somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Throw it phonetically into chat and if you say that it sounds just like the pronunciation of bob i will not believe you one of the organizers of the squat who identified herself only as joe told the telegraph that the property was empty and that it had around nine baths there is a toilet and a sauna on each floor she said several people have moved in most of them students the paper reported cool Hey, you know, at least the house is being utilized and it isn't just, you know, abandoned until somebody shows up and maybe they'll leave him a room and he can just kind of, maybe he can big spoon or little spoon how, depending on who the occupant of the room is, um, and, and stay warm, you know? Depending on the season, doesn't Amsterdam get a little chilly? Anyway, the next article is over in the Smack Talk channel, and that's because it's about an Apple product. It's coming from Apple Insider, and it's the iPhone 15 Pro is rumored to get Thunderbolt connectivity. Ming-Chi Kuo, again, is belting it out that, well, they know all and see all, and really, you could probably just throw an iPhone at the wall and whatever you say is going to stick to some degree. And if it doesn't, it will eventually. So just keep on blurting out various things. So I'm just throwing it out there that of course, USB-C and Thunderbolt connectivity is going to come to the iPhone 15 because <laughs> for all of Europe, 
that's what's going to have to happen for the iPhone 15, then the next iteration of the phone and any other iteration, I would say, if there is an interstitial one that's coming, the iPhone 15 is going to get USB-C connectivity and rightfully so. I think that everything should shift over to USB-C. I have a little box right here that's powered by USB-C. If I can do it, why can't Apple? For crying out loud, my, my profit margin is dramatically smaller than Apple's. So I think that they're gonna switch over to USB-C just to have consistency across all of their devices. And uh, they still have this wacky thing. It's not really wacky when you actually look into it, but their connectors have chips in it that regulate the voltage and, and monitor and let the uh, devices know what each end is. Um, they're quite intelligent. That's why they're expensive. But if you take uh, an Apple certified connector apart, it has a little chip in there that is actually making it a smart cable. At any rate, um, Ming-Chi Kuo is predicting that the uh, Pro models might get speedy Thunderbolt connectivity. I think that all of them are going to get it. Uh, I am not much of, you know, an oracle of Apple do's and don'ts. I pretty much rely on when it hits the market, then I can confirm that's what they're going to do because you really never know. And why play this game of predicting? I mean, it's just kind of wannabe feather in their cap kind of thing. Mike Wortel over at uh, appleinsider.com is who wrote this article um, grabbing the tweet from Ming-Chi Kuo, the go-to, um, along with a few others um, who say this and that about Apple products. Yeah, it's hard really to not predict that they're gonna move over to USB-C at some point. And with the EU saying, you gotta do it, they're gonna do it. Wednesday's tweets are not Quo's first prediction of USB-C on the iPhone 15 in May, 2022. Quo discussed it as a real possibility for the first time. Shocker. So I'd say it's coming. Uh, my iPad has, or actually all of the iPads that I recently purchased have USB-C in them. So why wouldn't it be migrated over to every other iteration? If they can get the supply chain down, it makes, and it makes economic sense in the US and by force in the EU, they're going to switch to USB-C. It only makes sense, literally sense. They just need the, the supply chain and the volume to be in place so that they can actually make the change globally. Uh, let's move on to the next article. This one over is over in the uh, Aerith channel, which is about world building and Bandai Namco. What the heck just happened? I guess I was talking bad about a connector and my screen went blank on one of my monitors. I'm sorry. Whatever I said, computer, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll keep going. Bandai Namco announced a 2023 launch for Sword Art Online last recollection. Uh, the upcoming title represents the end of the alternate plot arc that started in 2013's um, Sword Art Online Infinity Moment and continued through Hollow Fragment, according to Denkegi Online. Um, 
the storyline begins after the events of the anime's first season occurring immediately after the administrator quote unquote administrator of the virtual virtual reality mmo um let me go over and finish this statement one second i don't know what this is all about uh one second yes um okay i'm not sure what's going on whoa what's going on anyway tin manuel is the author of this over at rpgfan.com <clears throat> and uh let's see here let me scroll down don't want to I, i'm not going to play the video you can go over to rpgfan.com and read the rest of the article and watch this video but i'll uh, kind of hint at what's going on um Alicization, I guess, is the name of the virtual reality MMO, has been defeated. That's the administrator. So this new expansion is occurring immediately after the administrator of the virtual reality MMO, Alicization, um, has been defeated. And it will give the beloved characters like Alice and Yuigo uh, new character twists and rolls as they fight a new threat to the game. Um, I have only looked at Sword Art Online periodically. Um, it's not really my particular um, breed of game, but uh, this goes into greater detail about who is doing what, the voice um, acting throughout the game. And it says, uh, based on Sword Art Online's War of Underworld anime arc, a new story unfolds with tough challenges that await our beloved hero, Kurito, uh, and his new friends. Players will unmask the Dark dark Knight and find out if Kurito and uh, the crew will survive the relentless battling against the forces of the Dark Territory. Dun, dun, dun. So go and check it out over at RPG Fan. I'm going to make a... A, a pretty quick shift from gaming and tech over to uh, just a brief political kind of <laughs> um, well let's just say that it goes zero to wingnut in basically a title so this is in the hatch ideas channel which is usually about business transformation but it was captured because um it, business insider wrote this article and it says here this is the title and i'm not kidding I, I wish that i was making this up because then somebody could sit there and criticize me for being you know biased or whatever right but this is actually what went on herschel walker so in the united states he's running for a, a campaign in georgia and is at a stump speech on wednesday um, which is basically just a a political campaign stop and talking about stuff. Anyway, this is the title. Herschel Walker veered off in a campaign speech to rant about werewolves killing vampires. Okay, it's a title. Maybe, just maybe, context is lost. But no, no you read it right. And that's exactly what it is. Herschel Walker delved into an ancient mythic debate during a Wednesday stump speech in Georgia. The Senate candidate came out as pro-werewolf as he described the plot of a, a vampire movie. And nobody knows what vampire movie he's actually talking about. Maybe later 
Uh, I don't really pay much attention to Herschel Walker, um, only because I think he is a wingnut. And, um, and so I, I pay a, enough attention to know the position of the person. Um, and <laughs> it deviates from reality. Uh, anyway, the Senate candidate came out as pro-werewolf pro as he described the plot of a vampire movie, which again, nobody knows, and is quoted as saying, a werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, he told the crowd. Yeah. And just so you know, the House of Representatives in the United States is made up of an ever-growing population based on the population of states. And they, the, the, the uh, Republican Party took control, which is fine <laughs> as long as the wingnut contingent, particularly politicians like Herschel Walker, uh, are not the ones that are steering the ship. Because at least you get some form of negotiation, discussion, right? Give and take but not with the wingnut contingent. So let's go and look at this article for a little bit more detail. Can we glean something else from this wise former NFL player, Herschel Walker? Uh, Aaron Snodgrass is the author over at businessinsider.com. And I'll, let me just, I'll jump right to it. No, we're not going to get much more out of this. Um, other than deeper into the vampire werewolves dilemma, um, which side are you on uh, werewolf or vampire? Do we want to go? Um, I don't know. Like they say in here, is, is it fright night? Is it? Oh, so he says for more than two minutes, Walker stood at the podium recounting the apparent plot details of this mystery movie, which he identified as Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night. That's the quote. <sighs> well, Fright Night is a 2011 remake and a 1985 movie uh, where vampires are uh, the heart of the story. And I've actually watched the original 85 uh, version of Fright Night, which was pretty cool. I mean, to me when I was younger, I'll just say that <laughs> I don't want to give away my age, but, and I'm on a small window. So if you can glean my age, uh, let me know in chat. And I'm going to be curious if you actually can guess what it is. Anyway, uh, let's just say, I don't, I don't seem maybe people have told me that I don't First off, act my age or talk politics like I'm somebody that age. I'm giving you a little bit of detail, so maybe that will allow you to properly guess how old I might be. But that doesn't matter, right? This is either a VOD or a podcast. But either way, I'm not sitting there at a podium talking about vampires and werewolves. It's not Underworld. Um, it's probably Twilight. But anyway, so where do you think? Apparently, um, the NFL player uh, reined it all back in and tied it to faith. And that's where they said um, that where it is in our life, it don't 
even work unless you've got faith. And then he burst into song and said, gotta have faith, faith, the no, he didn't. He just said, we gotta have faith, which the crowd burst into song saying, we gotta have faith. No, that's not true. Anyway, Walker's pro-family and anti-abortion campaign has been marred by revelations that he's been hiding secret children from public view and that there's an allegation that the former, uh, from a former girlfriend that he paid for her abortion, which he's denied, but you know how that is. <laughs> you know how you can tell when a wingnut is lying? Their lips are moving. Anyway. Let's move on. Uh, this one is really interesting because uh, I have uh, shown this to several people now and we can't quite figure out why it is this way, but an animated video of a meteor shower shared by Mary McIntyre was banned by Twitter's automated tools. And for her to remedy it, well, she has to agree to something and she refuses to. So an astronomer in Twitter limbo over intimate quote unquote intimate meteor and so let's go over to the source come on um astronomer and twitter limbo over intimate meteor this is over at bbc.com by zoe kleinman and um, it says here her only option is to delete it however in doing so she'd have to agree to the fact that she broke the rules because it's a six second animated clip featuring intimate content, but it is nothing more than a meteor. And you can actually see a still from the video that was banned by Twitter. And that's over at bbc.com if you want to see it. Um, to me, it's titillating. I mean, I, uh, I, she may have, um, Well, she may have, um, well, she may have made it possible for me to find out that I am really excited by, uh, astrophotography, uh, or astro video, uh, as it were. So, uh, maybe Twitter is right. And, um, her video is of, uh, intimate content. Anyway, her initial 12 hour ban went on for three months. And she exhausted the online appeals. And uh, now Elon Musk owns it and all of the staff are gone. And so who knows if anybody's ever going to be able to reverse this. Um, BBC tweeted Twitter's support account and contacted Mr. Musk via SpaceX because Twitter currently has no communication department and there has been no response. Ms. McIntyre said other astronomers had uh, shared the video on her behalf without consequences, and she's worried that if she agreed to Twitter's rules of reinstatement, her non-existent misdemeanor might be flagged up as she has regular checks in order to work with school-aged children explaining astronomy. Yeah. So tech commentator Kate Bevan said, it was an example of the limitations of the current artificial intelligence tools used by Twitter and other social networks to carry out moderation tasks. So what normally happens, even in criminal investigations, is automated tools flag things for human review. There should always be a human making some type of determination as to what should be limiting 
of somebody else. It should not just be automated. I don't think it should be automated for music. I don't think it should be automated for posts. I don't think it should be automated fully. Um, if an analysis is done automatically, it should flag something and send an alert. You know, you know, somebody might be hacking my firewall and I don't sit there. What happens is it fails closed, notifies me, I review it and I'll open it up. But at no time do I just let it fail shut and leave it. Why? Because at some point, whoever might be knocking can come through. I want to see what's going on. This is it failed shut and then everybody assumed boom done and this is an educator for crying out loud anyway at the end of this article they say it's not a problem that is unique to twitter in 2021 the owner of a small digital photo gallery had pictures of wildlife landscapes and buildings blocked by facebook on the grounds that they contained overtly sexual content there's actually a link to that article at bbc.co.uk um, in this article. So go over there and check it out. Uh, the next article is uh, a watch, uh, the black and white ceramic Zenith Defy Classic. I don't know what Falsa, uh, Fusulp is. I'm not sure what that is. So anyway, there's a there's been a, a surge in luxury and fashion brand collaborations. Now turn to Zenith and, and Fusulp. Uh, to jump the train, trendy train with a release of two distinct capsule collections of watches and apparel, a duo of monochromatic black and white ceramic Zenith Defy classic skeleton watches. Check these out. I dig this kind of stuff. Um, ceramic watches. The article is by Xavier Markle. Two Alpine stars join forces to create capsule collections. And um, this is over at Monochrome or monochrome-watches.com. Go and check them out. They always have these uh, great photographs. These are the, these look like real photographs. Uh, I tend to look at these and sometimes they're so perfect that uh, perfectly lit, perfectly everything that they actually look kind of fake to me. Um, but these actually look legit. And uh, they have a white one. They have a black one that's not solid black it's more of a kind of a, a gunmetal black and um, looks really neat very geometric uh, the capsule collection zenith and full sap uh, elected to the sporty chic defy classic dressed for the occasion in black or white ceramic 41 millimeters uh, the domed sapphire crystal has anti-reflective treatment on both sides and the watch is water resistant to 100 meters if you're using this in a diving situation to 300 meters uh, you might be an alien anyway the date is displayed at six o'clock and blends nicely uh, into the intricate design the whole skeletonized date wheel is actually visible behind the dial so yeah, you can actually see it. It's really neat. And then on the back, the case is skeletonized so that you can actually see um, the gear works. It's, it's pretty amazing. I love this stuff. I love this stuff. Cannot justify buying it, but I love seeing it. Let's scroll down a little bit. 
so hold on let me uh, do a conversion here um, sorry if you hear me clicking Oh, wow, it's almost one to one. I, I didn't know that the exchange rate. Anyway, it's uh, 10,900 Swiss francs is uh, just under 11,500 US dollars. Um, for those of you who want to convert into freedom units. Uh, pretty neat, y'all, it's pretty neat. Um, yeah, I can't justify spending thousands of dollars for a watch, but I encourage you all, if you're interested, to go over to Monochrome and check it out. Monochrome-watches.com Next article is in the Continuity Report. This is uh, one of the channels that I'm actually going to be spinning up um, the beginning of January. Amazon orders multiple Sony, uh, sorry, Marvel Sony shows beginning with Silk, Spider Society, that's one show, from Walking Dead alum Angela Kang. Amazon is officially moving forward with multiple live action shows based on the Marvel characters controlled by Sony, Variety has learned. The series under the deal will be Silk, Spider Society, which was developed by Walking Dead showrunner Angela Kang along with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. Um, the article is over at Variety.com by Joe Otterson. And it says the first series under the deal will be Silk Spider Society, which was developed by the showrunner Angela King and uh, amongst others. Um, it's part of a multi-year overall television deal that she signed with Amazon. Kang, Lord and Miller, all executive produce, along with former Sony boss Amy Pascal. Um, it'll debut domestically on MGM Plus's <laughs> linear channel followed by a global launch on Prime Video. Guess I'll be waiting for it on Prime. The show is based on characters created by Dan Slott and Umberto Ramos uh, for Marvel Comics. I really wish that everything would have been transferred over to uh, Disney for continuity of its storyline. It follows Cindy Moon, described as a Korean-American woman bitten by the same spider that bit Peter Parker as she escapes imprisonment and searches for her missing family on her way to becoming the superhero known as Silk. There's a little bit of artwork there. Pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure what else is going to be in this article. There's, there's a, a bit more, but um, it goes into the minutiae of um, well, this Marvel order of multiple Marvel Sony, sorry, the Amazon order of multiple Marvel Sony shows, um, but it didn't seem to reference many others. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, this next article is the word in tech. General Motors says it will stop burning cash on electric vehicles by 2025. Right about now, I'd like to remind anybody that might be listening to this that if you type in in my chat uh, here at uh, Twitch. Wow, my bandwidth just dropped. Uh, Twitch.tv slash hometown. Um, exclamation point showbot. That'll give you a URL, hometown.showbot.tv. You can go there and uh, vote on articles that you might find interesting. Um, and it'll remind me to keep my eye out for articles of the same ilk 
uh, for me to either do a deeper dive, uh, at, which I can do, um, or include more articles like it uh, so that you are interested in some of it. Now, I aggregate about 200 news sources into hometown.com and it all gets funneled into six main categories and 50 channels. I'm actually planning on um, changing out some of these channels uh, for areas of interest. And uh, if you're interested, you can let me know by going into my chat and typing in exclamation point S and then a topic that you might be interested in. And that'll show, that'll throw it over into Showbot. I'll just delete the stuff that might be offensive or uh, not appropriate in some way or not on target for what its intended purpose is. But um, keep it in mind if you hear this as a podcast or the VOD here on Twitch or over on YouTube as a long-term storage because I only have 60 days of storage here on Twitch. Anyway, uh, so back to the article. General Motors says it'll stop burning cash on uh, electric vehicles by 2025. General Motors wants to be the biggest seller of electric vehicles in North America. Maybe the planet too, question mark, according to this article. has It has it in brackets over at The Verge. Um, or parentheses, sorry. And so far, it's burning a lot of cash to get there, but by 2025, the cash burning will officially cease as the company projects its EV program will be solidly profitable by then. Nice. Hey, you know what, GM? Why not make a battery swapping system that is safe and secure uh, and uh, won't be cut out of a car like a catalytic converter? costing people either insurance or thousands of dollars to replace. The company is the largest main, uh, sorry, largest automaker in North America outlined the plan to achieve this goal to investors in a splashy event in Manhattan on Thursday. Interestingly enough, the valuation for all of the other major vehicle manufacturers still is eclipsed by Tesla the last time I saw anything, uh, which was about six months ago. But the article's over at TheVerge.com. Andrew J. Hawkins is the author. The largest automaker in North America is laying down a marker for itself to sell 1 million EVs annually by 2025. But it won't be easy, according to the author of this, and maybe GM itself. Um, to illustrate the point, it had a variety of electric models on display, including the stunning $300,000 fastback Cadillac Celestique. Um, which reminds me of the Derelict brand clothing line. Um, selling 1 million EVs a year will be no easy task, even for the nation's largest automaker. It took Tesla over a decade to hit that marker, but executives feel that they have a solid plan in place. Yeah, that's a big old car. That thing just looks like it should be automated driving and be able to just park just sideways, just slide over with those omnidirectional wheels, but it has regular standard wheels i mean it's, we're in the 21st century cars shouldn't have to do this quirky angling of you know calculate the hypotenuse to get your butt inside a parking spot and it's and then to get out you have to shoehorn your way out or wrap the cars on either side of you in uh, rubber so that you can slide out like maybe a wet bar of soap. I actually had somebody pull up behind me 
in their car. I'm already trapped behind a car and they honked their horn at me as if I was supposed to be able to teleport myself out of this jam so that they had more space. Um, yeah. And I wanted to get out of the car and explain physics to them, but apparently what they did was they looked behind themselves and they realized that yes, there actually was space behind them because I wasn't going anywhere. Anyway, it's most recent earnings report. GM said that it's on track to sell 44,000 Chevy Bolt EVs and EUVs at a loss in the U.S. by the end of the year. The Bolt is the company's lowest-priced plug-in model and the only one that it's currently selling in high volume and unprofitably. And only 44,000 of them. How are you going to get to a million in two years? You're out of your mind. If anybody believed that, they have to be blowing smoke so far up investors' behinds that it is getting brain fog. Uh, it's weird. GM's other battery electric models, the GMC Hummer EV and Cadillac Lyric, are still slowly ramping up production. And next year, the Chevy Silverado EV and Chevy Blazer EV will join the lineup. GM. Take the market by storm by making a standardized battery for all of the models and depending on the model, be able to stack multiples of them so that they have equal uh, distance capabilities and get all of them to have close, you know, 300 miles, 275 miles, 350 miles. But for crying out loud, just make it so that I can get in and out of a charging station instead of having to spend 30 minutes to two hours waiting for it to charge up. Am I wrong? Am I the only one that thinks that it's still not prime time? It's early adopter days still. Anyway, the next article and the last one for today is Waymo shows off its futuristic transportation as a service vehicle. This is the same company that got a ticket but then didn't get a ticket because the police said, well, there's no driver. I don't know who to ticket. And you can't ticket the person that's in the passenger seat behind an automated vehicle. Maybe the law will change. And you'll have to have a recording of the passenger in the back seat going, slow down, slow down, as the Waymo vehicle is just driving at speed. Waymo is now running a robo-taxi service in two states, but the vehicles for those services are retrofitted commercial vehicles. The company rolls around in either the 4th Gen Waymo vehicles built by the Chrysler Pacifica Hybrid or the 5th Gen driver built on the Jaguar I-Pace. That's all great for enabling Waymo's service to get up and running, but these vehicles, which are full of controls and dials for human drivers, are driven by a robot that in the long term doesn't actually need a steering wheel or pedals. So for the second time now, Waymo is doing a ground-up design of a driverless vehicle without any of these useless legacy human controls, and then the cars are going to run us over when we don't pay or pay respect to... Borg. The Waymo Geely? Is it, or, or is it Geely? I hope it's not Geely. Geely. It's G-E-E-L-Y collaboration. Features four sliding doors, no controls. I dig this. I really dig this. I want this. 
I would love to have this. Just get in the car and say, take me here, and it takes me there. I want one of these. But as I said in a previous episode, there's going to be way more automated cars driving around. The Waymo and and Geely collaboration features four sliding doors and no controls. I'm out of control as it is. Pretty neat. Uh, They have a... uh, Well, they have a tweet here on the ArsTechnica.com site. And Ron Amadeo is the author of this article. Not much more to say about this. The car is being built with Geely Group's Zeker brand and designed as an all-electric transportation as a service optimized vehicle. And the car has no steering wheel, pedals, mirrors, four automated sliding doors open up like it's some kind of road-going subway train. Inside the minivan seats five people including two in the front where the dashboard contains nothing but a centrally mounted touchscreen and a probably a speaker that says welcome to your doom on your knees humans bags of mostly water anyway they have a link to a video on twitter at the waymo uh, account there apparently it's still marked as official (laughs) they must be paying eight bucks Uh, All electric, riders first, designed specifically for fully autonomous uh, ride hailing. Take a peek at our new mobility platform in partnership with Geely Group, available in the years to come. That does not bode well. I don't know. I dig this thing. I really dig it. Looks really nice, at least to me. I want to see what the inside looks like. There it is. That's apparently what the render of the inside looks like. I don't know if that's legit. Um, But... Oh God, this is so futuristic and awesome. I love this. Anyway, go and check it out over at arstechnica.com. And if you don't go through the links over at Showbot or the show notes, just go over to Ars Technica and do a search for Waymo Pro, uh, shows off its next truly driverless prototype car. Um, And that, by the way, is not the original title. The original title was Waymo shows off its futuristic transportation as a service vehicle. And then they changed the title to say Waymo shows off its next truly driverless prototype car. Mm. Mm -hmm. Come on. I really hate it when news organizations change their titles on the fly. Whatever. This actually is has a little caption above it that says, I want that living room interior in the U.S. What? I, I don't understand that. Anyway, that is it for today. I am Mayor Watt. This has been the Hometown Daily News Show for November 17th, 2022. I'll see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern here in the States. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.